Okay. Oh, glorious food. No. No. <laughs> I don't think talking about Oliver is the is the right way to get it's into this conversation. It's not the move. I know it's not the move. It's just in my head now. <laughs> Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist and shop owner who just wants to see a dang color changing tree. I tell you very few yellow and red leaves around here so far. <laughs> I am joined by my co-host and producer, Saraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Saraya. I'm a fat multiracial mini Apolitan millennial who rejects any other newly coined name for this season other than fat girl fall. It is fat girl fall, period. Absolutely. <laughs> On Matter of Fat, uh, we talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. Yeah, in this episode, we discuss fatness and food. So just be warned, we will be talking about food. Uh, share our interview with Casey Snow and revisit Bloom Chic in the Dirt and Discourse. Ooh, let's get into it. All as, as a, a matter, matter of fat. Glorious food. Okay. <laughs> or however it goes. Or however it goes. Like you didn't make me watch a clip of the musical <laughs> Oliver before this so we could understand where that came from. But okay. I, I don't think my my tune was totally on, but yes, that was uh, a little a little ditty from the musical Oliver where they sing food, glorious food. Uh, we just, I made Soraya watch it through our FaceTime. It was a very poor, <laughs> poor viewing environment. Um, and also it's a very bleak song and a very bleak show. Yeah. Which does not, uh, the, the vibe is not what we're going for here. But like, food, glorious food. Yeah, we're not coming into this from a scarcity mindset. No. Um, instead, we wanted to talk about it because it comes up a little bit later in the episode in our interview with Casey. But we want to talk about it from a, a frame of being joyful and enjoying food. And also, I think something that comes up for me as a, a fat person who enjoys food, enjoys baking, all this I just sometimes think like when I'm talking about it, there's this little voice in the back of my mind that's like, oh, of course she's talking about food. Of course she likes food. She's fat. And I hate it. I really mm -hmm. hate it. It impacts me and it's not anything that I came up with that's all internalized from other things that I've heard and seen and witnessed. And so I just am grateful that uh, we've been doing this long enough that I'm in a space with people in my life that I like to talk about food, but also yeah. it'll get you down sometimes. It, it in really society, won't. but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's appropriate for us to talk about this. So I really threw a lot out there. I don't know what you have to say to that cat, but three, I have so many thoughts. Like we talked about talking about this and I have more thoughts than I even thought I had. Ooh, <laughs> oh, good thing we have a podcast. Um, <laughs> But I do want to just like um, honor what you shared. Like it is a little there's a lot of weird feelings that can come with being a fat person talking about food publicly on the Internet, um, on our podcast. And I mean, there's like a, like you mentioned, like it's not like we put those ideas there, but like because of how I don't know people's assumptions about fat people. I mean, I come back to this idea that like I've said it before and I'll say it again, like fat people are not fat simply because we eat more food like that's not how it works and so like the assumption that 
fat people talking about food is like part and parcel with like how we have become fat, I I think is like not a a fair assessment. I think it probably is accurate for some people, but isn't for others. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know. This is probably not where, I don't know. You thought I would go with this, but that does come to, (laughs) to mind for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, even uh, Sonali Rashatwar, a fat sex therapist on Instagram, posted this video the other day of of them just like enjoying Eating. food. And great. for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. And then part of me is like, and also it still feels radical. And it's yeah. it's a weird position for us to be in where we've been talking about fat lib. We've been supportive of each other as friends. We have other friends who are supportive of the kinds of topics and ways that we choose to live our life. And I think I forget sometimes that it does still feel radical for so many other people and even myself at times because I've been so indoctrinated in a culture that doesn't think about and this is something you just talked about with me offline but like a culture that looks at food as everything other than like nourishment and joy right and, and more so calorie or a tool to impact your body and like the moralizing that kind of, that goes along with food, um, just if like seeps into so many food related conversations. I also think like uh, you know, there. I don't know what your newsfeed looks like, um, but I am just I get so much food content on the internet, um, and I I like it a lot. Even for someone like myself who doesn't cook a lot right now, but so often it's accompanied with some kind of diet messaging, mm. and then I have to make this choice of like, well. I reject that, but do I still want to like look at this? Like sometimes me and like my boyfriend will send each other videos of like recipes we want to make, but we'll be like, um, just disregard where this came from. But like, mm. doesn't this look good? You know? And it's very weird to have to, to have to actively do that to like try to separate, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it reminds me of that Kardashian moment. It's like, well, I'm not going to eat this, but isn't it so nice to smell? To smell it. <laughs> it's like that is indicative of our culture and how much we love to look at production of food and also mm. moralize not eating it. Like yeah, think about, oh gosh, I'm like considering all of the content that comes up on Instagram and TikTok of people making food, sure, but then like restocking the food in their household. And it's oh, like- yeah whoa, like there's a lot of food content, but we never see people eating it unless it's something very specific. Like, um, like, do you know about mukbang? Oh, do I? What? <laughs> Did not expect that. Wait, tell me, tell me what you know. Get, oh let's get into I, it. I will watch videos of people eating food to fall asleep all the time. Okay. But like that is an exclusive like experience where it's like this channel is just for that. And it's out of this like Korean tradition, not like Mm -hmm. a tradition, but like from I think 2010 is when it started, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, where it's just people interacting, but mostly like eating food and like very ASMR. I was going to say that it it feels like part of like an ASMR umbrella. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But where do we see people just like regularly enjoying food? And regularly talking about it. Yeah. I will say, like, it is – I am reminded time and time again of people's desire to just, like, see food, hear about food, free from those things. Yeah. Um, And I – there's a couple, like, like instances recently I can think of where this came up. One was my shop um, has started this year doing, like, once a month – we call them fat chats, like little virtual discussion groups – Uh, based on a topic and at one of them a couple months ago 
we were talking about food. I think it was maybe just like part of our icebreaker or something. Mm-hmm. Like if you would, if you know, if you could had to eat one dessert only for the rest of your life, what would it be? Or something to that effect, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just a bunch of us just like talking about foods we like. And someone mentioned, they were like, wow, it feels really different and good to be in a space where people are talking about food in a purely like joyful and like kind of matter of fact fun way without the um like the negative connotation that like feels like it comes up around desserts like when they're talking with people in their everyday life Mm. um and that was a good reminder for me because I'm lucky Soraya to be you know in conversation with you and lots of other fat folks who are happy to talk about food in a joyful way all the time but that is not the norm for lots of people out there yeah I mean especially fat folks but I think everybody yeah, every and that's just the way diet culture seeps into everyone's life, whether you're fat or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Which was why it was so nice, again, teaser, but in our conversation with Casey, like this was the joyful part. This was something yeah. that uh, is fun to think about. It's creative. It's a skill. It elicits a lot of, like, I think about the language we can use around food. And I hope you tune into that as well as everything else that Casey shares in our, yeah. in our interview. But in interview. yeah, I just, can I just shout out you, Soraya, as someone who, like, I think we both like food. I like eating food. I like food of all kinds. You, the way that you like prepare food, make food, Aww. like, like, um, plate your food talk about food is just like a lot more I don't know it's on another level and I just really it really like I'm in comparing you and I and like how we make um think about consume food yes you're on another level and it is just I mean I've said it before and I'll say it again I love um when you like cook for me and when I'm able to like you Hmm. know be in your space and you make me meals it is just like so special and I think that um, I have really enjoyed in our friendship being able to see how you interact with food, like in all of those ways. I am like blushing, right? Because that's yeah. my, my goal. I, I really love making things for people. I, it is a production sometimes. Like I want it to be special. I think I got that from my mom or even hearing my mom talk about my, my grandmother. Um, but But isn't that like the best part of food is the relationships that form around it? Mm -hmm. I remember us talking with Nancy. um, Was that season two? It was season two, right? Feels like forever ago. Yeah. Just about like food is emotional. It's undeniable. Mm -hmm. And like we shouldn't disparage food being emotional because it carries with it culture and tradition and a way to engage and be like present in our body and have relationships with other people and mark special occasions and take a notice of when things are not well with us in our relationship with food. And I just, yeah, I... It, I'm so lucky to have a space where I can demonstrate that with you and other people. I think about Great British Bake Off, one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows. And I think it's because it's just like people baking and showing off their talents with it. And there's very little food moralizing other than the quality of it, except there is one judge who always says, oh, it's worth the calories. And I'm like, oh, I don't like them. <laughs> And it's, but it's like, wow, it took up until this one person for me to really realize that like, oh yeah, they don't talk about it that much. Um, So, you know, there's just so few, I guess all of that is to say, there's so few venues where we get to enjoy 
this huge part of our lives because mm-hmm. we have to eat to survive. Um, yeah. Without a negative connotation associated with it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what I wish for us continued and for everyone, you know, in our audience and everyone in the world, well, this is getting big. Um, I just wish for all of us that we have more moments to be delighting in the joys of food and eating um, that are not bogged down with all of like the negative messaging that we all work so hard to reject. Yeah. And I, and I'll also state too, like it's a privilege for me to be able to show up and like have food and access to money. And I guess, especially with the way that cost and inflation and everything is going, I think the way that people enjoy food is changing as well. So yeah. Just find joy where you can and how where you, you can. can. And if that comes from food, cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've teased this interview enough. Yes, food comes up, but so much more. We're excited to share with you our interview with Casey Snow, who you might recognize by discovering Casey on Instagram. Casey, we are so excited that you're with us today. Thanks for having me. We get to start out by asking what we ask every guest, which is, Casey, what is your story as a matter of fat? What has fat, being fat, meant to me throughout my life? Um, It's allowed me to be a fighter. Mm. It's allowed me to be myself. It's allowed me to understand that society is not fair it's allowed me Mm. to be appreciative of what I do have and the community that um that I have been privileged and honored to be a part of I grew up being fat and for the longest time you know um I was treated like I was different and indifferent as in, you know, less than or um, just not as good as the rest of the kids or um, and it took me a long time to unlearn that, um, that I wasn't different, that you're all the same, you know, and we all deserve the same. Mm. The things that you're sharing are really great and I think will resonate really strongly with other folks in our audience. Mm-hmm. I just, um, being fat has meant different things throughout my life yeah. and it hasn't been easy and, you know, I think most fat people can relate that We've hated ourselves for a very, very long time. We've let ourselves become other people for the comfort of others Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And to finally be able to appreciate what fatness has given us. um, And that's perspective. And, you know, and also life. And I think, you know, learning that, I wish... I wish, you know, kids could learn that early on so they could appreciate that life um, as a fat, you know, kid, um, something that I didn't get to have. 
um, instead of, you know, trying to be someone I wasn't. Um, and yeah. learning that as an adult, that being fat means I could also be happy meant everything. You had shared that it took until your 20s to really find yourself um, or get to know yourself. And I'm wondering, like, what allowed for that to happen at that point in your life? I think through all the relationships, all the things that I've gone through, um, I finally broke and I finally had enough of just trying to be someone that I wasn't. Mm. Um, and because that, that is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to try to, you know, like be someone you're not to, for the comfort of others trying to, and it wasn't making me happy. Mm. Yeah. And I wanted to be happy. And if that meant, you know, like, I just, and also finding community. I think finding community really helped me move along that idea faster um, that I, I could truly just be myself. Yeah. That it was okay to be myself. That I could be accepted by being myself. Um, because for the longest time, even, you know, like the closest relationships, you know, friendships, family, you know, I never fully felt accepted. Hmm. And to finally say, I deserve that acceptance. I'm owed that acceptance, you know, and putting myself first. Um, I was finally able to just be happy and be me and find myself and I I mean, I'm still finding myself. I'm still learning every day. I haven't fully like, you know, that's why my page is called discovering Casey, you know, because I'm literally discovering myself every day. I'm learning about myself every day. I'm growing because I wasn't able, you know, like as a kid, as a fat kid, you know, I wasn't able to really grow and learn about myself until I was late, you know, in my late twenties. So it's, it's a slow progress, you know, process, yeah. but there's, there's progress. It's, it's, it's happening every day. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. It's like the autonomy that comes in once you realize that you're, you're somewhat in charge of directing that happiness. I appreciate what you shared about finding community and the discovering Casey part. Like if, if you, to our listeners, if you haven't <laughs> checked out Casey's in, um, Instagram and online handle Discovering Casey, it's really magnificent. And I was wondering if you could tell us about how you started creating content about fat liberation. So I started creating content on Discovering Casey. Um, it, it started off with me literally just trying to find myself again. Um, and then came um, a community. I, I was welcomed by the fat community. And I saw that, especially um, larger plus sizes, larger fats, um, weren't getting the same representation 
as smaller and mid-fats. And I felt like it was important to voice, you know, that experience and how we're still struggling. And, you know, like when, when I first started, I was really excited about being a part of the fat community. It seemed like there was progress happening, you know, like plus size brands were coming, you know, coming out just every, it seemed like every day, like there was new lines and stuff. Um, and then it became stagnant and it seemed like the progress only went so far. Yeah. And it was really disappointing to see that, you know, and then also for half the community be told to to settle for this progress when half of them didn't even get the accessibility, the options. And um and the community that it is today, I mean like it's it's disappointing, actually. Um, and I see a lot of a lot of people um, kind of go silent um, because you know they've they've tried to voice their experiences as larger fats, how we still don't have options, how we or you know like we can count on the on uh, one hand you know, the options that we have. And I've seen a lot of creators go silent because they've been berated for just saying like, hey, we want clothes too. We want, you know, space too. We want Mm -hmm. to be heard too. And they're berated and told that, you know, like, hey, you know, you do have, you know, like, or you do have representation and, but, we don't like it's like I feel like oh what was one of my quotes um like I feel like the plus size community has just become another version of the straight size community with just a higher scale Hmm. and it makes me sad because like when I first started when I first entered this community I was so hopeful I felt so welcomed and as a super fat now, you know, like I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't feel like, you know, like that there's so many creators, other creators, um, like, like a saucy. Um, I don't know if you follow her. Yeah, of course. And I just, you know, watching her be silenced and and not say anything anymore after her inclusivity, you know, um, thing and just be silenced for wanting the same things, just wanting the same things, not even as straight people, straight sized people, wanting the same things as the smaller fats, mm-hmm. just wanting that. Like just being happy with that, and we can't even get that. Yeah, Casey, this reminds me of this tweet you had, which I think is what you were getting at. And I like have saved this. I sent it to Soraya. I was like, this, 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 this. Uh-huh. Um, you said, dear small fats, what straight size people did to body positivity is what you are doing to larger fat bodies, excluding them even in their own spaces. 
And that yeah. is just what you're speaking about. And I appreciate this. Like, I appreciate your outspokenness around this so much. And it's interesting, too, because, like, we covered Saucy West's fight for inclusivity um, a lot, like, last mm-hmm. season. And mm-hmm. I, I hadn't realized, but, like, I hadn't realized that she's, like, doing less online right now. But as you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have been seeing a lot less of her, you know? And so yep. I appreciate your insights around this. Um Oh, it is just like it is something that the lot like it's it must be so disheartening. I mean, it must be and it is disheartening to see that only certain people are taking note of these things. Um, Yeah, it's a hard space to be in. So I appreciate your outspokenness around all of this. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys listening and everything. And, you know, like I just it's. You know, if if you're not for the entire plus size community, if you're not for all fats, then who are you for? Right. You're for yourself. Right. You know, like mm, if you're mm-hmm. like it's I, I just don't understand. And also like the fact that why wouldn't you want super fats to get accessibility? You know, why wouldn't you want them to have access when they get access? So do you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why that's not understood. Like if you know, they get access. If we get access, it's access for everybody. Yeah. And then like this, like turning against each other, sort of like, okay, so like small fats and like super fats, like it's like, no, like if we, I think what you're saying is if like folks banded together, it would benefit us all. But instead there's time spent like, um, being upset with each other. And that is like, I'm sure the, it makes the powers that be very happy, right? Because instead of us banding together and pushing back, we're then spending our time and energy um, in frustration with one another. It's just very frustrating. I feel like, you know, like, uh, like large fats, super fats, infinity fats, we've been asking, hey, you know, can you guys step back? You know, like small fats, can you step back? Mm-hmm. Could you like just sit down for a second? Mm-hmm. Could we, you know, have the platform? And I feel like sometimes they fight back and feel like we're invalidating their experience mm-hmm. and we're not. Mm-hmm. We're just asking for the same recognition that they have had for the past few years that we are still struggling for. And, you know, like, I also feel like, you know, especially with social media, there's, there's wanting to be relevant and stay relevant. But the thing is, is that they, their experiences are still relevant. And, 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 you know, taking a step back and supporting larger fats and their experiences is validating their experience even more like i just don't understand why like you know like they just don't want to give up that space like it's it's for everybody like it's well i mean i kind of understand why they don't want to give up that space but like a bigger picture it's like if if what you say you care about is what you care about then that would mean like let's make space for everybody who's fat in these conversations Yeah. I mean, there's always the argument, too, like, you know, let's, you know, everyone's story is important. Everyone, you know, because anytime, like, I I call out, like, small fats or mid fats or whatever, um, they're like, you know, everyone, you know, is a part of this, you know, like, we should, we should all be grouping together. Well, if we were grouping together, large fats, super fats, infinity fats wouldn't have a problem. The problem is you aren't including us, you know, so it's like that, that, 
I don't know why you're arguing that. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate so much of like your thoughts about this sharing here right now and what you've been sharing on social media. Um, Yeah, and it's a delight to talk to you for those reasons and others. Um, Specifically, Casey, you're in the Midwest, but not in the Twin Cities. And we are a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Um, So we wanted to check in (laughs) with you and ask about like, what if any, like local community, local fat community exists where you live and what your experiences in the Midwest have been like? Um, Unfortunately, I, I, there really isn't a fat community. I would love if there was a fat community um, to be involved in where I'm at. Um, but unfortunately, there is mm. not. Um, and also being disabled <laughs> and usually confined to my home um, makes that a little bit more yeah. difficult as well. Um, but Midwest life, um, I mean, I, I was born in Wisconsin. You know, I grew up between uh, both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, Midwest life. Uh, we have good cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <fine>. Agree. <laughs> we got good cheese. <laughs> you know, there's there's a bar every, you know, certain, you know, block, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, just, I don't know. It, you know, it's casseroles hot dishes you know like kind of yeah not too exciting yeah you hit the bingo board for midwest just then (laughs) though so good job job (laughs) no and actually the thing about the fat community is interesting because i think more more often than not like there isn't a super active fat community or kind of ebbs and flows uh as we've learned from talking with other guests but then that other aspect of like one in a pandemic two like accessibility to being with other people isn't it hasn't ever been readily available in my opinion and so then I think it does come back to that online community which which you talked about so I think it's been so helpful to just hear your experience whether it be midwest or virtual or whatever that looks like and I, I think one question that we always want to talk through with any of our guests. It's like, what is bringing you joy? Because working in fat liberation, you know, I heard frustration, disappointment. I felt that myself, a whole slew of other emotions too, but like, what is anything? It doesn't have to be related to this podcast or um, your work in fat liberation, but if it is, that's great. But what's bringing you joy, Casey? Spicy potato taco from Taco Bell. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like just little things. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, my partner um, has been super supportive and I love them for everything that they've done for me um, in regards to being supportive of my fat liberation and also being disabled and stuff. Um, I mean, like... Food has always been a huge joy for me. Um, cooking it, eating it, you know, watching it. I watch Chopped, like, constantly. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> like, Chopped, Iron Chef, you know, America, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that little stuff brings me, that brings me joy. What's your favorite summer recipe or dish to cook? Oh, shoot. Um... Or or a favorite. It doesn't have to be the favorite. 
I'm really good at soups, like soups and curries. I'm really good at, um, I, uh, just recently made a Thai green curry, coconut curry Ooh. with, um, a pan seared salmon that was okay. marinated in, um, pureed lemongrass. Oh. Okay. And, and then like udon noodles and stuff and like topped with cilantro, spring onions and peanuts and stuff. And just like, kind of like, Yeah. Oh, it sounds so like fresh and like hearty and good. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love cooking. Um, it's you know like I I even have like you know because I am disabled, so like sometimes it's hard for me to stand. I even have like a little burner on my coffee table so I can cook. Cute. <laughs> yeah, I can cook in the living room, and you know like if my partner is able to help me. He's, you know, like my little sous chef. So oh, very sweet. <laughs> I was gonna say you could cook along with the like uh, shows that you're oh, watching oh. too. To some I do, I, I do do that. I do ah, do that. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, um, separate from food, or maybe related to food, uh, Casey, how can folks find you and any projects that you're working on or things that you want to share? Um, I mean, at Discovering Casey um, on Instagram, um, usually my posts of tweets, uh, those are up first on Twitter, obviously, (laughs) first. So, which is also at Discovering Casey. Um, I haven't been on TikTok as often as I would like to. Um, I just got over COVID. Um, I had pneumonia and everything, and that was a whole other thing. Um, But I'm hoping to get back into that. So, like, basically, TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, at Discovering Casey. That is where you could find me. Wonderful. And we will link all of that for our audience in our show notes so they can find – they can quick click that and follow you on all the things. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Casey, thanks for telling your story. As As a matter matter of fact. appreciated that interview with Casey and and I feel like there is just so much to discuss or so much I know for me there was so much of what they said that really spoke to me so Soraya I'm hoping we can debrief a little bit yeah I would love to debrief uh there's like a tone shift right like we talked about food earlier in this episode but everything that was said before that I think is what I hope people do carry with them after listening to this interview because we like to talk about community. We like to talk about fat liberation and we get to do it in a way that's based in friendship. But I think one thing that really stood out to me is, you know, what is community if it's not lifting everybody up? What is, what is a fat community if it just like stops at lifting up the people who are still most marginalized and most oppressed and Oh, that that really sat with me. Um, yeah, it it me too, and still is. And it's not as if that's something we haven't addressed before on our podcast. I feel like we yeah. mention that fairly often, but it really felt different to hear Casey talk about it in like the very blunt and like um, I don't know the the way they talked about it was so full of feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really 
like so grateful that they were so vulnerable with us um, and didn't mince their words around mm-hmm. their thoughts on being left out of plus size community. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that they shared that with us, but also our audience. I think this is like a good message. It's not just us saying like super fat erasure, you know, it was like really nice to hear, not nice, but I think it's impactful to hear that from, um, from, from more folks um, in this interview capacity. Yeah. I mean, especially since I think we are considered what, like smaller mid fats, probably. I'm definitely mid fat. Then I'm probably mid fat too. But like, what does it mean for us to say this all the time when there are people who, it's, Casey specifically said platform, right? Like, right. where's the platform? Who is like stepping down so that we can be heard and we can center ourselves in this conversation? And Okay, so I guess another thing that came up for me is like, what is the type of platform that we need to elevate folks to? Because I am so glad to be able to be in conversation with people on our podcast. But I don't think our podcast is the type of platform that is actually going to like change things on a huge structural level. Like I wish it was. Maybe I'm downplaying it. I don't think I I am. (laughs) No, I think after seeing like the amount of listens that we have after five years, like we know that this is not like the, the, you know, viral, like mountain moving, culture changing podcast right here. (laughs) It is changing people's lives in really specific ways, which is beautiful. I mean, it's changed our lives too, but, but not in the way that like Casey's voice needs to be heard way beyond the airwaves of our listeners too. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't have the answers for that. What I do think is um, hard and what I'm so glad that they brought up was like how um, super fat, infinite fat, larger fat folks in, you know, on and offline are like being silenced. And and the example they gave was was Saucy West Mm -hmm. um, and her hashtag fight for inclusivity. That was so um, much like on my timeline last year. And we talked about that on the podcast, too. But until Casey mentioned that, it hadn't really occurred to me like, oh, I haven't seen a lot from Saucy lately. Like her stuff comes up now and then. Um, but it, I just it was like, I guess I, I had thought, oh, yeah, it's just the algorithm or whatever. But I, I, I put it together after, you know, hearing that from Casey, like, oh, no, I think that she's been talking less um, because of, I don't know, the how how being more vocal was received received it's also a lot of work um yeah thankless work unpaid work yeah to the point where I'm concerned I'm, I'm sitting here after this interview thinking like why aren't people's silences louder for me why do I assume it's an algorithm or assume it's or just right. like succumb to the noise of content creation that exists out there I yeah I'm disappointed in myself for not realizing like yeah when people go silent it's not always like Based on their terms, it might be because of the impact of them trying to do something and and take on this huge sweeping platform. Yeah. Does that make sense? Fight for inclusivity is what I'm referencing when I say that. No, it does make sense. And I like I think that what's showing up here a little bit for us is um, like we are experiencing or we're like perpetuating what happens a lot of the time, which is like if it doesn't impact you directly, mm. it's easy. It's really easy for it to just get like pushed to the wayside, you know, mm-hmm. for you. If you're not if it's not something you have to confront on an everyday basis, you don't need to confront it. And often we don't, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I thought something that came up for me was like 
like the idea of like defending identity and then also like defensiveness like as a theme throughout what Casey shared and I feel like it popped up in a couple ways and maybe I'm reaching here you let me know what you think about this (laughs) um but like one way it came up is like smaller fat folks when confronted with like larger folks saying hey excuse me like can I can we make room for us here the defensiveness with which smaller fats um try to like not allow that to happen I mean it seems like that that is like palpable like it was as Casey was explaining that like their words like were were really powerful around that and it's just like why I'm left to question like why is that defense defensiveness there from smaller folks and like what I don't know and I mean they they began to address it oh yes go 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 I have a thought and I am plagiarizing from the maintenance phase uh podcast okay so the goop episode just released and you've listened to it correct i sure have you're like where is this going sorry well they did talk about you know gwyneth paltrow and at one point she says you know nepotism kids have to fight like three times harder to make a name for ourselves and like show up that we're actually good at something than anybody else which is like no (laughs) (laughs) no baby yeah but then uh they also brought up this analogy that like people with privilege uh tend to be on like third base and once they cross the home plate they think that they hit it like a triple, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They were already on third mm-hmm. base. And I, I feel like it's similar to that. It's like, oh, if you have some privilege, not more, but like if you're looking at the path in front of you and you're like, oh, I'm fat. I'll just take myself, for example. Like, yeah, I'm fat. And I've had to deal with some things that are annoying. And I've like tried to educate myself on other things. But um, it's very easy for me to get caught up in my experiences so that once I get a modicum of support, I, I, I feel sated. I feel like, wow, this battle that has felt really thankless is over and like, woo, we can celebrate. But it's like, mm, can you celebrate? It's Mm-mm. not different for anybody else yet. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be very easy to fall into that space of privilege because that's what you've been. That is what like the measuring stick for mm-hmm. what we're working for but that's not it i think it can be a false a false promise of success normalcy love like all of those yeah. other things i'm getting super abstract with this but I, okay can i go even more abstract and yeah. then i want to come back to like the idea of like defending and defensiveness because yes. i have a couple more thoughts around that yes but like something that just occurred to me wow go here with us dear audience and you three <laughs> go with me here um But like, as you were sharing that something, I was thinking about like the example of like folks who are smaller plus sizes being excited that like brands extend to a small plus size range. Um, And I, 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 perhaps this is not a fair, like a fair uh, conclusion or like connection to draw, but as a shop owner, what it's really hard for me to grapple with the statement that people often share, which is that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which I believe to be true and also is not a get out of jail free card, right. in my opinion. And uh, I think that like, I wonder if that's part of it where like, you know, small, smaller plus size people are like, oh yeah, the whole system's fucked, but like, at least I have clothes for me. Sorry. You know? And like what that, what that says, like what that it's like, it's not, we want to be patronizing brands that are offering like some extended sizing and also like money talks. And I, I wonder like, 
if there is an element of like, well, it's all fucked. So I'm just going to do what, like buy what I want do what I want. The world's crumbling anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, as part of that, like, like the logic behind that. And it's just like, ah, there's so much that gets left out. And there's so many who get left out when that approach is taken. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that a weird connection to draw? No, I think we talked about this a while ago, and I'm going to totally mess up this, this like, statement or sentiment, but it's, like, let this despair or, or let this oh, – do you yeah. know what I'm going to say? Like, despair yeah, like, radicalize you radicalize and not make you. you helpless or hopeless. Yeah. I think there's a different phrasing for it. But I, I wonder, it's, like, how much can that kind of suffering activate you until it depletes you? Mm. Yeah, that's – whoa. Yep, that's like the second part of that sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Like um like we hope that that will happen, but how much like like how how downtrodden can someone be? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at some point it can just yeah, deplete you rather than radicalizing you or offering you the ability to be radicalized. Yeah, which Whoa, I think oof. of like infinite fats or super fats like how much can you keep advocating for your dignity? I think that's what right. comes up too. Um, when you shouldn't have to for one second exactly ever. you know that's the thing <laughs> that, that like part. when like there's it's just, it's like not the same but it's how i feel about paying medical bills it's like i shouldn't have to pay for this at all mm-hmm. like this is not how society should work and so it is just like demoralizing to have to do it right mm-hmm. um yeah when someone like it Everyone should have access to, in this example, clothing that works for them, right? Yeah. And to have to remind people, like, hey, excuse me, I can't, like, walk into a store and buy underwear that fits me. My God. Like, that is just so freaking demoralizing. hmm Yeah. It's unfair. It is. I – oh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, it kind of leads me back to this idea of, like, having to defend existence. I was just going to get us there. I was just going to ask, oh. how does this, like, with defensiveness and defending? <laughs> Great job. But, like, in the same way that it feels like small fats are defensive of the space that they're taking up and, like, not wanting to, like, you know, give a, a, an inch, um, at least in, like, the experiences that Casey shared. I feel like it then, on the flip side, requires... Like super fat folks to literally defend their existence to folks within their community. And that's, I think, like the the real kicker or the the part that is like the most um, the the most tragic. It's like I think as fat folks, like we might um, expect to have to defend our humanity in certain scenarios. Right. But to have to defend that humanity to a fellow fat person. Oh, that is just so freaking demoralizing. Mm-hmm. I Okay. So along with this, I was thinking about community a lot when Casey yeah. brought it up. And I was like, okay, so there's the fat community, but then also I'm part of like the progressive community to some extent, specifically through NLC. And yeah. I'm just thinking about all these really cool people also outside of NLC that have a lot of similar beliefs to me and how, I mean, we've talked about this so many times, but like anti-fat bias populates profusely real quick real Mm -hmm. quick and how disappointed i am and like i end up focusing on that more than focusing on the harm that's being done in like the fat community by the same internalized uh like and or like internalized oppressive tools and standards and what does it mean to have yourself so distracted and um like trying to defend yourself in so many different spaces that you want to belong in 
and Casey also talked about like having to figure out who you are. So like, not only are you trying to figure out who you are, but then where do you fit in? And like, where can you get that support? And what happens when that support isn't what you thought it was? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I feel I want to talk a little bit more about what Casey shared about discovering who they are. Yeah. But I want to give do do we need to I'm it's like I'm apprehensive to move topics. And also it just feels like this issue like we can't resolve it in this follow up of an interview on our little podcast, you know, <laughs> as opposed to every other one where we have solved every Six issue. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> done. That's all I no. needed. Surprisingly, we I haven't just, impacted this... structural systemic change more. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I like I guess I just wanted to name like if this feels really unresolved and also yeah. it would con- will continue to be. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanted to to lean into what you had mentioned um about Casey like talking about like discovering themselves. Yeah. And I loved that. And I actually found how they talked about that to be very like inspirational and it really hit me. You know, just like sometimes we speak with people and their words are so simple, but so poignant. Mm -hmm. And I find like, depending upon where I'm at in life, impact me differently. Um, And it really hit me in this season of my life. And I love how Casey shared, like they're still becoming who they are. And like that informed the name of their Instagram handle, discovering Casey. Mm -hmm. And they're really just like, figuring out who they are and like sitting with that and like leaning into that experience um and I really appreciated that because I think for a long time uh I felt like oh no I'm I think I know who I am like I'm pretty sure I I know what I want who I am etc and I think because a lot of like transition is happening in my life and I'm in a bit of a season of change I'm realizing like oh wouldn't it be nice to give myself some grace to like let myself discover different parts of me mm-hmm. in ways that Casey is so freely doing? Um, and so, yeah, their words around that really inspired me. I think that's a good point because many people could benefit from that and in freely doing so, but n- not easily. I don't yeah. think figuring out who you are and what you like or what you want to try or beliefs that maybe you need to shed or adjust is easy to do, but being open to discovering that and looking at it from a lens of interest and curiosity, oof, that makes life a yeah. lot more doable. Um, yeah. I think part of what also really spoke to me is that like that is – how they framed their Instagram. Mm-hmm. So like by default, so like, so to me that me, Oh, I just hit my mic. Sorry. To me, that means that they're like talking about this discovering process. And for me, as someone who tries to be like, I feel like I do share a lot of myself, but I'm very buttoned up uh, uh, in some ways and very like, <laughs> uh, how do I describe it? Like, uh, this is it. This is how I feel. And I'm not going to change my mind. And I'm not going to show you. I'm not going to show you the process. I'm going to show you the end result. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. very much, I feel like, who I am. Or if I do show you the process, it's the very, like, curated, curated. bits of the process that I choose to show mm-hmm. you along the way versus, like, the messiness of it all. Um, and I'm not saying Casey's messy on their Instagram, but just this idea of, like, being like it, being in this discovering phase in a public way wow, I'm just I'm clearly still thinking about it. and you knowing what you know about me so I'm sure you're like uh-huh surprise this resonated mm-hmm. no um, I think but, yeah for me right now I'm just thinking about like how much you do share which is like 
in my opinion, a lot, but that's how you've always, you've always been comfortable doing that. And like, that's been a community building tool. I feel like for you, not that like what you share is just for a tool and leveraging things. It's not at all, but it's so interesting to hear you say, especially being your friend to be like, yeah, I don't share things. Like I do have really specific boundaries of what I do. And I was like, oh my gosh, but you share so much like compared to my Mm -hmm. boundaries, my boundary is like a, a mile thick wall and yours is like, yeah, there's a here's a fence and, and nobody mm-hmm. can come in, but I will let mm-hmm. you like visit from time to time. I'll so. let you see some stuff, yeah. but then there's some stuff going on over uh-huh. here on the side that is not visible. It's not to you visible. It cannot be. Mm-hmm. Nope. No yeah. helicopters can see it. No angles. No, no paparazzi. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe lately there's just like a bunch of stuff that's come up that's like, oh, yep, nope, this isn't shareable in you know in this way yet. And so that's why I'm thinking that. Gosh, sorry to make this Casey interview about me. I just like want to. Um, really honor like what they said around this like discoveringness of it all in terms of their identity and yeah just share that like it really spoke to me and inspired me the power of putting that out there too. okay so Casey also talked about like what they needed as a child and not yeah. having that and so yeah. that discovering process is really like well maybe this will impact somebody else's life in a positive way I and like talking about platform, it's like, well, if you're not given a platform, how will you change? And Casey's doing just that with Instagram and like sharing what they can and what they want to. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so just like a big round of applause to that because it does make a difference. Yeah. Also, too, related to Casey's Insta. I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod. No, I talked to you about this, Rhea. I think that Casey – like. The content they're sharing is, oh, it is so freaking cool. Not (laughs) only is it, like, very bold, um, like, statements, often, like, screen grabs of tweets around fat liberation, the photos they take, the fashion, like, the very, like, editorial, it's not, okay, y'all know me, I take a picture for Instagram, it's me, hand on my hip, she's in. (laughs) Um, But, like, Casey is doing, like, model shit, like, like, editorial level like the outfits the lighting the i just i'm really inspired um also by like their aesthetic on instagram and um yeah oh i just yeah i'm just clearly very into everything they're doing on the gram Mm -hmm. yeah which if it hasn't been clear like please go check them out please go check out their stuff it's great It's time for the dirt and discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. And in our fifth and final season, it feels fitting to share some dirt and discourse that relates to previous season's topics and actually kind of aligns with some of the things that Casey mentioned in their interview. Uh, We are talking about... Bloom chic. Bloom chic. Remember what we talked Soraya, do, do you remember? Can you catch the people up to speed what we talked about previously about Bloom chic? Yeah. Well, the reason, okay, I, it's like a whole whirlwind in my mind. So I don't know. Maybe you can help me parse it out. But the way it connects, as we were talking about like Saucy West's fight for inclusivity, I think this is kind of how we introduced it in our in our episode before, right? It, they like I felt like we covered both things around or probably at, at the, the same, same time. time. I remember in Pasa Shia's episode, a bunch of this came out, and then some other elements of it came out in like preceding and um, subsequent episodes. Okay, yeah, so it's around the same time, so that aligns with it. But then like Bloom Chic, how did this even come on your radar, Cat? 
Oh, it Did came I? on your radar, Sarah. Because oh. there was this like influencer dinner <gasps> yes. for Bloom Chic. And we were, okay, we were like, um, it was so, it like looked, the optics of it looked so beautiful. But we had some side eyes for a variety of reasons. One, because it was one of those situations where it's like, hi, it's a pandemic and all of your servers have masks on and yeah. masks on. And not one of y'all does. And that just like reads pretty gross to me. Yep. But two, at that time, Bloom Chic had a pretty small size range. Like, I think it only went up to maybe size 24. Actually, no, it was size 22, I remember. And we were like, so many side eyes. And also, we knew, or, you know, knew of some of the influencers who were there. And we knew they wore larger sizes than that. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, were thinking, like, make it make sense. What is happening here? So I remember you, pop culture queen, <laughs> showed that to me. And were, like, sending me all these things on Instagram. Like, and and they were there. And they were there. And look at that. Oh, my gosh. And also, like, funny that I can't even remember that. That's where my mind is at at this I, point. It's been a pandemic. We, you're allowed you. to not remember Thank that. You. I think the other thing that was so curious to me is that you couldn't find the footprint for Bloom Shake. It is, like, a fast fashion ask for plus sizes, trying to make these big claims about being the only one out there for plus sizes, which, I mean, like, true, I guess. But um, when you would look at their Instagram or when you'd look at their website, it was really hard to figure out the background information. So here I am click clack mooing on LinkedIn, trying to figure out who's behind this. What is this? Is it by fat people for fat people? No, but it looks like it is because you've got all these influencers coming in and like actually organizing this event to make it real fun. But are the clothes fun? In my opinion, no, but I... Yeah. And so anyways, we had a whole episode on it where we talked about like, what is this? It seems like it's trying to launch. It's doing a lot of things. And now I'm getting ads for it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's, yeah. So it seems like it might be a nice little update moment for the Dirt and Discourse. And I'll be honest, what brought this top of mind for me, in addition to like feeling like the relate, how it related, um, you know, with Casey bringing up Saucy um, in our interview so my friend and co-worker oh and can I get this tease and future guest on matter of fact mm-hmm. uh, Alejandra is very uh, a woman of the internet you like know. you Soraya in many ways <laughs> thanks I don't know in if I'm gonna put that like... on in LinkedIn um I will say you love to tease a future guest this season I'm really enjoying really... this yeah <laughs> I've been doing it every single uh-huh. time I? yeah but it's like a little it's not like a at the end like stay tuned for it's like a you gotta listen to the app you to, gotta like, do the, the work you gotta, you gotta, gotta pay uh-huh. attention you gotta be in here you gotta be in you this you can't be cleaning you can't be dropping the kids I mean, off you, you gotta be, be you sitting just... at your desk taking notes like our (laughs) assistant Lindsay who is transcribing this right now okay I have derailed us yes let's get back to what I say but I mean that in a way that like Alejandra like pays such close attention to stuff um and just like uh, it just knows a lot about like the fat world in ways that I'm sometimes miss which is it's so nice to have her being like hey did you see this Mm -hmm. and she's more into TikTok than I am and she brought to my attention there was this couple on TikTok that had done like a while ago like a bloom chic ad and then recently they posted a video and we're like hey friends so we posted a video for bloom chic um but we can't take it down for another 100 days based on our contract (laughs) but you know what our contract doesn't say that we can't give you our opinions about it um and they said that there have been a lot of their like friends and followers who have been buying things from bloom chic and having really bad experiences Mm. specifically finding 
the return process to be difficult. Um, and I think the probably extension of that is like confusion about sizing that is requiring them to do returns that aren't working out well, getting like 50% back or 50% store credit or just different. The return process is a little bit funky. Um, So anyway, that like brings up so many things. Like I feel like in that TikTok alone, there's like so much to unpack and I was hoping we could do that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay, so they did expand their size range. I remember last year when we were talking about this, like we had so many side eyes. Like, how are you going to talk about being the cutting edge plus size anything and go up to size 22, please? Well, I think they said 22 on their Instagram, but then when we looked on the website at the time, it only went up to 20 or something like that. Something like that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, it was. there was a discrepancy there. Like, mm-hmm. I had remembered that they said 24, but it was actually 22. But yes, something in the 20s, mm-hmm. the low 20s. But they did expand their size range, and now they go up to size 30. Um, and I did some investigating on the size chart, and y'all, it is a literal copy and paste of the current Torrid size chart. Mm. So that means that, like, their measurements, they claim, are the same as Torrid measurements. And many of you are going to be like, oh, my God, this is old news. But for some of you, this might be um, a nuance that you don't know. But how Torrid sizing works, like, The beginning of their size chart is really similar to what we would expect in a lot of plus size stuff. So for instance, their one is a 1XL, which is a size 14, 16. But as they go up, they break up their size chart so it looks like it goes higher than it does, in my opinion. So like, for instance, a 3XL is a 2224. A 4XL, however, is just a size 26. A 5XL is a size 28 and a 6XL is a size 30. Hmm. So they say, oh, we go to 6. What I expect a 6XL to be is a 34, 36. Mm. Like I expect a 4X to be a 26, 28, a 5X to be a 30, 32, and a 6X to be a 34, 36. Um, and that's not how they do it. That's also how Torrid does it. It has been doing it for a very long time. Also, it might be noted that Torrid um, consistently does not have those larger sizes in store. That's a whole nother dirt and discourse. <laughs> but I thought it was curious that Bloom Chic has like literally, I mean, literally. Does it say Torrid on it? Because that no, would be a like, good indicator. <laughs> There's just like I a put, bad Photoshop of it blending it out or oh something. Oh my God. That would be, oh, I feel like you're going to give them a little more credit than that. But no, I pulled them up next to each other and they are just like every number is the same mm. in terms of like a size 22 should have like this measurement range of bust this measurement of waist this measurement of hips on the one hand i think it's smart because many folks are familiar with the toward size chart but on the other hand i think that it is um misguided because as mentioned Torrid, while they say they go up to a 6xl those larger sizes 4x 5x and 6x are a little bit different allowing them to claim the higher size range without actually delivering hmm So I think that's interesting. But then also, if folks are like wanting to return a bunch of stuff, it must not be some there must be something lost in communication here in terms of the sizing and plus size sizing is a whole it's a whole thing. Um, One that uh, I look forward to offering TED Talks about in the future. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, what What is that? Maybe not TED Talks, maybe just like you know week-long workshops you can make it inspirational i can see it happen anyways thank you Mm -hmm. yeah i guess i i'm a ted talk does relate 
it's more inspiration than it's pure information despair from disdain yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but i think that they're having a lot of return issues and so on that video um it was mentioned that like different folks had commented like hey bloom chic i'm having trouble with this or like commented to these creators like hey I was having issues and the creators would be like, Hey, boom, she could you check this out? And there was a lack of like customer service um, that was happening there. But something we also learned about the return process that was shared. I think we shared this on the podcast. It was actually, there was a little bit of drama that happened around this offline that I won't go into, mm. but what bloom chic does for their returns, they just cart them off to, um, different places including uh plus size resale shops who will take them as oh. like a donation for them to sell so they're not might nec- my, my uh sense is that a lot of those returns don't get put back out in circulation but instead are like airmarked for different places including at least one that i know of plus size resale shops mm. uh, it, not mine not my plus size resale shop <laughs> You were approached, weren't you? Maybe not. I sure was. Yeah. I sure was. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I we talked trash about it, and you said, Kat, you should be careful about your words, because they might want to do that with <laughs> but you. But let me bring and it I, up again. <laughs> and I said, hell no. And then they did reach out to me. <laughs> and I would still say, hell no. Um, but I think that that is part of like this big picture greenwashing that's happening. Like We talked about this, too. They're saying that, like, wow, we're like so cutting edge, like we are fast fashion, but like in an ethical way. And it's like, okay, but like, are you though? Um, I I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think this is backed by like venture capitalists and it's out of China. Like the most yeah. of the people who work for this company, as far as like the C-suite folks are in China. So I... Yeah, well, and I think that there was I don't know. part of the reason I think that like that, I, I don't know for sure, but like that influencer dinner that happened that caught your eye mm-hmm. and some of the other marketing around it felt like they were really talking the talk, saying a lot of the right things. And I think it's because they had this person working for them who had done marketing for Torrid and for um, Eleven Honoré and oh. kind of knew how to talk that talk. And from what I can tell on LinkedIn, I don't know if she's there anymore, mm. um, but also I don't know for sure. Gotcha. But wait, you said, Soraya, that like they have been marketing to you fast and furiously. Uh, what kind of ads are you seeing for Bloom Chic? It is creators, right? Like it's like the it'll show up on Instagram reels as like something you would think is somebody just doing a try on haul of clothes, but they're not. You see the little sponsor thing pop up at the bottom. But like it's like, oh, what it looks like in person versus on in the photo. And it's way better in person. It's not. It all looks no. very cheap. Uh, yeah, and I don't necessarily have an eye for it, but it's also like the styles and colors aren't something that I'd be interested in in like going with either. And also knowing that it's fast fashion, I don't know. I'm just yeah. it's not anything that I'm interested in enough to part my money with. Right, right. You know the ad that I see the most from them that comes up quite a bit in reels, and I can tell it's not like a. It, I can tell Bloom Chic made it. Like it's from mm-hmm. Bloom Chic. It's like someone trying on clothes. But in a very kind of produced way. But at the top, it has like that person's height and weight, but in some uh, centimeters and kilograms. Oh, interesting. And Which I think is fascinating because it's like, okay, Bloom Chic, how am I, someone who understands the metric system, but does not use it, you know, mm-hmm. how am I seeing this ad right now? Like, 
who are you who are you here for who are you marketing to also like how freaking day class a to like put someone's height and weight there and it's like when you turn around tights and have to try to find your size on a tights size chart <laughs> and it just has the height and weight and you're like this means nothing you know like <laughs> you want measurements you want info um it's just so uh, bizarre to me but that that is the ad that I'm continuing to get. It just makes me think like, what is your market really? Maybe they're trying to be more like um, European centered, you know, with their outreach. Interesting. Um, Maybe. But I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, and also like rolling my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's part of it too, is a lot of the choices that are being made are so curious to us because they don't follow the like marketing process that we're used to from other companies so like they do what they don't I don't know it's very interesting and it's like it's on the one hand like like you mentioned like it's backed by venture capital like this is like a Chinese business person or like organization or company that's like kind of um that's that's backing this and kind of footing the bill for this from what it seems like and on the one hand, it's validating to know, like, yeah, there is money in this, you know. But on the other hand, it's so demoralizing. God, I feel like I've used demoralizing like five times this episode. <laughs> um, and still it is. <laughs> Instead of like this episode brought to you by the number A or number A. Oh, my goodness. The letter A. Yeah, it's demoralizing. Um, yep. But um, I that like that this type of um, business like is operating in the way that it is and also is just like run by people who don't have a lot of stake or any stake in like the fat experience. Okay, this is coming out of nowhere and like this is all alleged, right? Like we don't actually have I just feel like I have to say that cuz I'm not trying to get any type of a uh, um like legal heat from this. But this oh my is God, I wish we get legal. We, no, we never. don't you better we're knock not... on some wood real quick, my <laughs> I don't friend. Mean that. I do not I'm, have I'm that type of money. We are not big enough. <laughs> we do to not have, have that okay, podcast. No, our little good. our little fat cash yeah. we got seventy dollars in our <laughs> Venmo right grateful. now. Thank you. Grateful. Buddy. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um <laughs> we can't defend that. Yes, but proceed. Sorry, what were you so saying? Allegedly, I think this might make sense as to why their marketing and like um approach to getting this into the market seems so uh chaotic is because if you type in bloom chic into linkedin and you look at the people there are so many past references to bloom chic that are in marketing so any if you have a lot of uh turnover in that specific space especially if you're working with people who are in the u.s market who know and have those connections so that they can have influencer dinners etc if they turn over like, what is your marketing plan? It can never be consistent. Yeah. And so that makes a lot of sense. But also, why is there so much turnover? I don't know anything yeah. about that field. Maybe that's normal, Ooh. but that seems mm-hmm. not great. I don't know. This feels a little, it just, there's a, this feels like, um, you know, those reels recently that are really leaning into like red flags and like a partner. Yeah. 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 Um, this feels like that, but in a business. <laughs> red, flag, I mean, red flag, red flag, red <laughs> flag. That was the entirety of our discourse yeah. last time. Yeah. So that's true. I mean, honestly, like I'm picturing like an entire, like not very cute cold shoulder dress that they've made mm. uh, comprised entirely of the red flags <laughs> that we've seen <laughs> from them. Okay. But that is a look that would be a great Halloween costume. <laughs> 
I'm into that actually. <laughs> if Nino and I didn't already have our Halloween costumes, I would really. Are you I gonna would, Are you I gonna soft launch it. the Halloween costume here on the pod? No, right now? I'll tell you. I'll tell you offline. Oh. We have to. Well, this. I, I, I will say. Oh God, I will say. Th- I will say a hint, but the hint you will you and perhaps the audience will know what we're gonna be, but you cannot say. Okay. 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 The hint is that I want Nino to let Pasashia know what we're gonna be before we before we talk about it with the world. And that should be enough for you to know. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, but let's move on. Speaking of demoralizing, um, there's a couple other things that we wanted to mention as part of Dirt and Discourse because I don't know if we will, if these things will still be in the zeitgeist when we get to our next fat dish. No. Um, I don't well, one is demoralizing and one is the opposite of demoralizing. There uh-huh. is hope, people. <laughs> there, There is hope out there. There is hope. So let's do the worst first and then say the best worst for us. first. So as a woman of the internet, I immediately, and I don't know, maybe you had already seen this too, Kat, but yeah. I remember sending it to you ASAP because there was on Twitter, Twitter was a buzz with, mm-hmm. um, it was at the TIFF, uh, festival like cinema festival I'm probably saying that incorrectly but there's been a resurgence to the career of Brendan Fraser through Darren Aronofsky's movie The Whale and wow what what a wow. time what a time Oof, there's a lot to unpack here which we won't get into but we did want to mention it Soraya tell the people what this is all about yeah, well, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but Same. the concept, very high level and probably incorrect because I haven't seen it, concept is that there is, I believe he's 600 pounds, Brendan Fraser, dons a fat suit, which is interesting because he is not, he uh, like, he is a fat man um, to begin with, but dons a fat suit and plays this character, um, and people are giving him so many kudos like a standing ovation everybody is so excited because of like how his career has gone he stood up for himself in a really difficult scenario um in hollywood and after that his career kind of faltered and so they're saying this is a renaissance for him he's given an amazing performance and also it just seems to confirm every negative stereotype and dehumanizing um view of fat people ever Right. It's like, why does this career resurgence for Brendan Fraser have to come at the expense of like literally every fat person? Including a fat person who's playing it, but then also dying a fat suit on top of it. Yeah. So it's just, it's hoof. And perhaps we'll have the opportunity to get into it more. Perhaps we won't care to. Um, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I already, you're on that line. You can. I think I. I don't know if I would. I would read some (laughs) articles about it. Yeah. What was this? This was like the biggest loser reboot. I think you were gonna watch it and I wasn't. I did not watch it. I mean, I good for you. It. I didn't do it. I forgot. Oh my god, that brings us back a couple seasons ago too. Yeah. Did that happen? Oof. Don't know. TB. T- we'll 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 get back to this. There are a lot of really wonderful th- thought leaders um, who are like fat lib voices who had some good things to say about this. Yeah. Um, so I will defer to them on, on Twitter. Maybe we can share some links in oh, our show great. notes. Yeah, in our show notes. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And also it's just disgusting to see how people are writing about it. Right. So like, I think it was some of the New York times and the way that they are describing, it's just like people who want to be disgusting and oof, cruel in their writing and they're like given a pension or like given free reign to do that because it is a fat person that's being portrayed. And so the writing out there about the character about the movie 
is yeah. just disgusting. And I have like, uh, like where my, and I know we don't want to get into this too much, but like with that, my thought is like, perhaps that is one of like, no, what would it be like if there was actually someone who was like super fat identified, who played that role, who didn't have prosthetics? Like one, I think it's a fucked up thing to even do. Yeah. But two, what if we had a fat actor doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, well, how would people talk about them? And then my mind's like, oh, we saw that already. We saw that with Precious, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we, we've seen how that goes. Like the way people talk about people is disgusting but i'm thinking like here with the whale it's like maybe knowing that brendan fraser isn't is a fat person but is not that fat mm-hmm. gives people license to think oh we can talk about this character in this way because it's not an actual person mm-hmm. when in fact there are people just like this all around right yikes okay um can we talk about the not demoralizing thing <laughs> that came on our radars this week absolutely aubrey gordon is coming out with the new book Yes, I was so excited when I see it pop up. I did talk about Maintenance Phase earlier, which is an Aubrey Gordon. That's also been something that I feel like has made its way into most episodes this season, a Maintenance Phase reference. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I don't think they talked about the book yet, but I'm really excited no, for it. Yep. What is the name of the book? It's a purple cover. I'm like realizing that I didn't write the write the name of it in here mm. it's like 19 things oh wait where is it oh i clicking it oh it's so small in the photo stand by everyone <laughs> well i can also edit this that's fine oh <laughs> okay um, 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 um oh my god it's taking so long to load standard Oh, okay. So the name of her book, I'm like, I remember this beautiful purple cover. It's You Just Need to Lose Weight and 19 Other Myths About Fat People. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out in January. Oh, Aubrey. Birthday present oh, for me. Word. Oh, yes, Soraya. Wait, is it? It comes out January 10th. Mine is the 9th. I was going to say, like, your birthday's right around there, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, perfect. Your birthday will be the eve of this book release. <laughs> I am so excited about it. I'm also selfishly very curious to know who she will get to um, narrate it. And I wish oh. she would. I, I should tweet her and see if she would consider um, doing the audiobook herself. Because I was. it was weird to, like, know her voice through maintenance phase, but then not hear her read her first book. Yeah. So maybe I'll do a little tweeting about that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you you tweet about that babe you can't <laughs> uh i'm excited i think it i really enjoyed she's just i mean she's an academic even though it's not a black and white concept the way that she's able to navigate the nuance of it is just laid out really beautifully she does a good job of organizing her thoughts and so i think that's what's so satisfying when you get to read her books or like listen to her on the podcast so i agree and you know what y'all the book's coming out after matter of fact will have come to an end so you won't hear our thoughts on the book because because none of us engage with the the internet in any oh. capacity <laughs> okay i feel like that's like screaming like cat you know you're alive between all of this you're gonna be sharing on instagram every chapter you read no not to that not to that level i mean but true like we won't have a debrief about it so it is something no. fun to look forward to and also <gasps> yeah i know Weird. but actually Soraya, you and i will have a debrief it just won't be on the pod anyways get pre pre by pre-order. pre-order that's what it is yeah pre-order Aubrey's Aubrey's book. yes yeah and we'll link to that in the show notes of course
Welcome to the end of the episode. You made it to the end, where we share a little more info and a little more love. If you want more from us, find us on Instagram at at matteroffatpod or on our website at www.matteroffatpod.com. On our website, you will find show notes, transcripts, thanks, Lindsay, info about Matter of Fat, links to all of our socials, access to older episodes, and more including information about fat cash if you love the pod and want to send us some monetary support get into our fat cash we are on venmo at matter of fat pod you also can find more information about this on our website yeah and now we get to do shout out time okay shout out to harry you're a real one your continued support is so appreciated and we love you and the fat cash you recently sent our way um, makes a big difference. So thank you for that. And then thank you to longtime listener and longer time friend, Michael, for your recent review in Apple Podcasts. It's just really special and appreciate hearing your voice. So thank you so much. Yes. Big thanks to both of you. And y'all, dear audience, if you would like your name here at the end of our next episode, you know what to do. We'd love to share your name right here in two weeks if you're able to support us in either way. Yeah, not, that's never expected, but always appreciated. And so until uh, next time, when we're back for more Midwestern thoughts, friendly discourse, and discerning opinions, as, as a, a matter, matter of fact. fact. Matter of fact.